This episode of the Inside Running Podcast is brought to you by Pillar Performance, Australia's leading sports micronutrition brand, providing high-strength formulations to support recovery, elevate energy, and relieve joint inflammation for endurance athletes. Welcome to episode number 238 of the Inside Running Podcast. Thank you for joining us for another week, giving us some of your attention. I know there's a lot of podcasts out there, so uh, thanks for choosing us for the next hour or so. Big show coming at you. A lot of results from all over Australia and over the world. Got uh, Manchester 10K to talk about, Birmingham Diamond League to talk about, Moose on the Loose, Listen to Question, all those kind of things coming at you in the next 90 minutes or so. Welcome to my co-host up in Canberra, the King of Canberra, Bradley Croker. Welcome to you. Thanks, Brady. Good what's to be been, back. What's been going up there, Croaks? What's happening? Uh, not much. I was a single parent for half of last week, which was um, which was interesting. I must admit, I haven't had to do it a lot, and I have a lot of respect for the single parents out there who work full time and also manage to run a fair fair amount because it's hard to fit it in. I don't know how it's possible. <laughs> I, I I don't know either. Yeah. Like I I would have, if I was a single parent. All the time, and I would have, I'd have, I'd have a meltdown. Yeah, or running, running wouldn't happen for me. Um, yeah. like maybe, maybe you adjust, maybe you get used to it. But yeah, hats off to those people that are in that um, situation. Yeah, big shout out to them at the top of the show. Yeah, another co-host down in Anglesey, Julian Spence, the uh, representative, the two fourteen man at the World Championships back in two thousand and nineteen. Welcome to the show, Julian. Thanks, mate. Here, I just start like. Walking out to the um, to a boxing ring when I start hearing that. Yeah, if you're a new throwing... listener to the show, only been tuning in the last couple of weeks. Julian did represent Australia at the World Championships. Yeah, he, used, World he, Championships. Used, he used to run. He hasn't always been a stand-up paddleboarder. I'm in. I'm at this stage now where I'm going to start rolling the uniform out. I think just to remind people, every Sunday might put another bit of kit on. No, I was just thinking. Last night was the first night that I had to um, put put like. Brie went to a show in Melbourne and I had to look after her from the afternoon into the evening. And, yeah, boy, a few plans went out the window. Yeah, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll sit down. I'll do some work Sunday Arvo, Sunday night. I'm like, nope. We should also give a massive shout-out to our wives then, I guess, because they allow us to do as much running as we do. Oh, she's not going to Harry Potter again, I can tell you that much. (laughs) I was going to ask what was the show. (laughs) No, nah, not again. Harry That's, Potter. Once every six what, months. Like the maybe. musical or something? Uh, I think it's a theatre play, actually, okay. not a musical. It's like a – I don't know. I'm not big on it. She went with Ali. They're big Harry Potter nerds. And um, I don't know. It, it, it's not for me. Yes. 
Yeah, big Something thank you to the wives of the Inside Run podcast that keep the show alive, alive every week. Give us the time to record this. But anyway, let's uh, talk some running. Who's going first? Moose, you can go first this week. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I had a sore back this week. That's right. And so you're sick. I was, yeah, I, I was a bit sick. But I, um, I got out Monday. That was the day I hurt my back, I think. So I ran um, 20, 20 minutes. And then I was going to... Um, I was going to just increase by five minutes this week, but I, I did have a sore back, so I couldn't get out. So I actually went on, I'm going to say it was Sunday was my, um, no, I went out on Friday. I went out for 20 minutes again, so I didn't increase. Uh, and it felt okay. The back was still pretty tight, pretty sore. Um, so Saturday, yeah, didn't run. Sunday, rode with a group in the morning, just we're in marathon season, fellas. Gold Coast coming up. The groups got their eye on the 42.2, and the, the the workouts are getting meaty. So I was out there on the bike. It was bloody freezing. I actually couldn't feel my fingers for two hours straight. That's how bad it was on the bike. And then when I got like got in the car, put the heater on, I got a heap of pain. Like I, like my fingers started really hurting as the blood rushed back in. It's quite an odd experience. I like I haven't really had that before, but that's how cold it was. Um, and then uh, in that after that afternoon, I went for a, a jog. So I did thirty minutes. So I decided I'll uh, stream, I'll just skip a skip a step, skip a five minute step, which I would have been on track to run. I reckon forty minutes if it wasn't for the back. So I got it done. Uh, the back was still sort of affecting my gait just real stiff through the hips and then the glutes start tightening up so i didn't feel awesome so i'm gonna i go again tomorrow just do 30 minutes again tomorrow but the knee moves knees okay yeah knees okay not not a hundred percent and but it's not hurting if that it's in this weird area where i'm not fully confident in it but i'm not getting any pain with it either it just doesn't i, I just don't feel confident enough to um to take off with my running yet it this there's a we'll call it awareness it's not pain but it just doesn't feel right i can just feel some certain things like tightnesses and um and stiffnesses around it where it's not hurting me at all but yeah i'm just it, i am aware of it mm. all right that's uh and then the process just keep increasing yeah we'll see now see how we go i'm not getting carried away i've I've got so much on at the moment that I'm not too fast. So I'm going to come to, I think I'm going to come to Bendigo. Maybe jog. Yeah, I'm going to jog around the course because uh, Geelong need a, another runner. And Do you got to race? Only, no, no, not race. Oh. Like, not the Div 1 team, but I think we need someone to fill in some of the deep teams, like the Div 5 team. Here we go, that, yeah. Well, it's Chuck it's only eight k, and I ran over six k yesterday. They reckon gonna... it's pretty good eight k too. Like they were talking next percents and stuff, like a lot of gravel oh, really? roads and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I won't be. I was. I would just wear my training shoes and just jog like with with the um with the backer packers. Nah, once you once the gun goes and you're on the start line, you're going for it. I reckon. I don't think so. But perhaps I like sit in 200th and then kick down the last couple of K, mm. come 150th. Work for some points. Yeah, one, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be part of the team though. That's what I'm missing. I want to get back. I want to get like, get a bit of team nature, like you know. Well, that's the spot to get it. 
cross country. It's cross all we country. got, isn't it? Yeah, it's all we got. Chuck the sink, chuck yeah. the colours on. Yeah, it's the surf coast. Like we have the group that we train with. It's great to support them when they're out racing at fun runs. But we do represent Geelong. Ideally, we would one day get a surf coast cross country team going. That mm. would be the ideal. But it's it's very difficult. We tried that. I think we talked about that on the pod a few years ago. But uh, Ali and I did try that with AV. But you need to have like jumping coaches and shit like that to form an athletics club. You can run recreationally, like you can enter as a recreational club, but you just won't score points. Like you won't um, compete in the series. So it didn't really interest us. Because aren't they, isn't there um, plans to build a new track down your way? It doesn't the surf coast, they don't have any tracks. No, there's a bit of a push for that. Yeah, like the little athletics crew that, um, well, we sponsor them actually, the running company, Geelong. But Ali was one of like the ambassador and she was, she, she helped kick off the little athletics, the surf coast, little athletics center. Uh, just, she was ambassador. She, I think she sort of gave some, had some input and then, uh, now they've got nowhere to really train. So the, the center is really big, a lot of people, a lot of kids, but they just train on like a footy oval basically. So they need, um, they do need a track down here. It would yeah. be, I mean, it's, it's finding the land. Yeah, it's well, that's the, the first step, though, like performing an athletics club. If you get a track, that helps big time. Yeah, 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 it is. It is. But I was, I mean, I was hoping that, like, run crew don't have a track. In, yeah. Like, Sydney, New South Wales do it differently. Um, I, I was hoping that you could enter, like, in a cross-country season with a with a club that isn't an um that there isn't a full-on athletics club with with throwing and all that kind of stuff. I think uh, they'll be open to that over the next couple of years, like especially well, just yeah. the winter season. Yeah, and especially with the new C- yeah. the new CEO now as well. He seems to be like a bit of a mover and pusher. Maybe I should resubmit the question. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Don't know what would happen to Geelong without that. Like, yeah, yeah. Then you lose that. That then that club struggles. Oh, that club is four clubs put together. Yeah. Like Deacon, Ballerine, Guild, and Chilwell. So, look, it's it's pretty um, it's pretty biased at the moment to to Deacon and maybe Chilwell. Uh, yeah, it's not like Ballarat where there's a good even spread through the four like local athletic clubs that run for Ballarat. It's pretty like the Geelong Guild team seems to have all the sprinters. Right. And, um, this is a conversation for the Bat Chat podcast, talking all AV cross-country issues. We'll get you on one week as a guest. Will you? Yeah, I'll ask the boss, see if Andy lets you on. Oh, That'll be good. Anyway, come ready. Come come, come ready. Get prepared. Uh, Croaks, what are you been doing? Uh, yeah, a bit of running. Um, so I did an hour on the Monday. Just my standard Monday loop, two laps of mulligans. Uh, Tuesday morning, went and did the hill session. So two sets of eight 40-odd um, second hills, uh, jog back in oh, like 60 to 70 seconds, and then take three minutes recovery after the uh, eighth before starting another set. Um, yeah, it was, it was good. Like it was a bit tougher than the previous few times just because there was a pretty strong headwind. And I think you really – like obviously – doing any rep into a headwind is always tougher but i think it's compounded when you're doing hills because like you're working so much harder just to get yourself up a hill and then you hit a headwind as well so that was it was a good session but it was a bit of a grind i sort of just got 
uh, like second set, just tried to really, um, I don't know, just focus on good form. Um, yeah, but got, got it done. And uh, yeah, then that afternoon, got out to Mulligans for uh, 8.5K, 407s. Uh, another midweek long run on, so I didn't work on the Wednesday. So I got out at 10 o'clock, which is nice time to run, like 11 degrees. Um, did now 45, uh, got rolling, like felt good, but average four minute Ks. Um, I think, as I mentioned a few weeks ago, like after the, after I do that hill session, like I, I feel pretty good for the rest of the week. Um, so yeah, our 45, 26, just over 26 K. Um, then was it Thursday was the day that, yes, I dropped the kids at daycare, went to work and I literally would have been, it would have been seven minutes from when I finished my last lesson to starting my run. So I started from the school, um, just ran on a bike path. It's pretty flat. Uh, it just out and back basically. So 45 minutes, um, yeah, four minute Ks again, uh, ran in those, um, on, cloud monsters like i i seriously have not had a bad run in those things like i i find it so easy to get to get rolling in that shoe um yeah so then i just did a single on the friday um because viv was away so that afternoon just jumped on the treadmill did my six by six minute session and one minute rest uh 18 and a half k an hour which is about 315 so very much in that sort of comfortably hard zone heart rate was sort of low to mid 160s for those and then Saturday, uh, a double, so an hour in the morning, 30, yeah, just over 30 minutes in the afternoon. And then, yeah, met Josh Johnson for a long run on um, Sunday. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> we were like, he run, like he gets rolling pretty early, pretty early in the run. Um, like our third K down a hill was already like four minute Ks. Um, and, yeah, so he did like 90 minutes with me. Um, but I did two hours 20 uh, at 3.55, so it was 35.8K. Um, it was like it was like it wasn't an easy run, but it was in that sort of just that comfortably hard, just, you know, solid sort of tempo-y sort of pace. But given I'm going to be running like a marathon or majority of a marathon in like, what, less than six weeks, um, I figure I need to start just doing like so – and I'm not doing a lot of marathon-specific sessions for – Gold Coast, so I thought I need to just do a bit of up tempo running over a long period of time just to just to get myself sort of a little bit prepared for that. So it was a good week, like 157k, um, which is only only two double days in that 157. So um, body's good, fitness is good. Um, I'll probably have a bit of a lighter a lighter week this week in terms of well, definitely tomorrow's session. I, I plan on taking pretty pretty easy. That that long run, yeah, that was a bit harder than normal. That was a bit harder than normal, yeah, and a bit longer. You wear a chest strap? No. What shoes no. do you have on Crokes for that kind of a bit bit more up-tempo than a jog? Uh, 1080s. Oh, yeah. It, it looks kind of accurate, your heart rate, or do you not think so? <laughs> I think not. What's, what's the numbers of the heart rate? I don't know. It's going up every time you hit a hill. I think yeah. it's not accurate because if you, actually, if you actually click on it, have a look, I'm 157, six minutes in. I know, but you were you were moving. I'm running four elevens. That's when Josh Johnson. See that hill that you're moving. going up. Okay, I'm one sixty six running down the hill after two point six k. So it's not accurate. Red flag stuff. This I reckon. Why don't you turn off the um the wrist one croaks? Oh, well I can, but yeah, I wasn't wearing a strap. Because it will affect your um, you know, the race predictors. Not that they're right anyway. Yeah. 
Well, Mercy, if you're gonna if you're gonna take that this is correct, then can you go to like twenty five and a half? Like this is terrible radio, but at twenty five and a half k into the run, I'm down at one thirty eight, running three fifty twos down a hill, and after one after two kilometers running down a hill, I'm at one sixty six. So you can't you can't say it's accurate without saying that yeah okay I'm running three forty fours down a hill and my heart rate's in the one thirties. So it's it's wrist it's wrist heart rate. One of the kilometer thirty-two. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I've got to, I'm planning on running a marathon in six weeks. So I need like I need to do something solid and this long. This is good. So you're gonna finish it off. Did we talk about this on air last week or was that off air? What? That you're discussing it, it was, threw it up in the air, threw the idea up, I think. He's gonna yeah, pace so and then kick it home. I'll pace and then like if you know, I've, if I've got the legs in me based on the training I'm doing, then I'll, I'll try and finish it off. Well, I heard a whisper. I don't know how accurate it is, but they got like this dream team pacing team this year, like <laughs> Olympians and real big dogs. Plus well, I, got, I only got an email this afternoon about it, but it looks like I am locked in and it's, uh, it's a pretty decent pace. Like I think it would be the, uh, if I'm, if I go with like the fastest female, it'll be the quickest pace that they've asked for for me to go through halfway well, so throw us just a, a number are we talking uh, sub 72 yeah jeez so um what which was is the record know, that year that me and you paced that was like 226 wasn't that 225 yeah, they, they ran quicker the year yeah. after that um because they broke it like mean, two years in a row the record then they went go down. quicker again the year after that no, so 2017, 2018 was each year that was quicker, but then 2019, um, I think she blew up a little bit and ran like 227. Mm. Yeah, so I figure like, you know, it wasn't, so you they know. So they talk in Africans? Don't know. Japanese? Not sure. Haven't heard anything about who's who's doing it. Well, it can't be an Australian if they're going to run under 224. Don't know. Mm. So anyway, I um, figured I just need to, do something longish and hard without why not brady because they're com games and world champs um this is exciting brad that you're going to be potentially racing a marathon so what are you going to do for launceston because that's Mm. what three weeks before yeah a bit tired i haven't like yeah i'm trying to sort of cover all bases at the moment like i'm certainly not going to be doing too many marathon specific sessions like i might do one where i go out and run i don't know 10 miles marathon pace or two by 8k or three or four by 5k um and then i might do one long run where i do two hours and then i might do sort of you know 7k at sort of that 320 325 um but it's certainly not your standard sort of 10 week marathon block um but i feel i feel good at this like you know 355s is not 320s but given the hills and you know, like I, I took one gel in that run at sort of 90 minutes. Um, and, and, you know, I was still, I was still relatively full of running, like towards the end. Like I could have definitely kept going, but I thought two hours 20 is probably enough given how far I've covered in that 30, in that two, in that time. So, um, yeah, I'm, 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 yeah, I haven't really mapped out because I, it wasn't until this afternoon that I got the email about the pacing job. So I wasn't even sure whether it was all locked in yet. So I'll have to have a think about it over the next few weeks. But, so, yeah, like I still plan on I still plan on like giving Launceston a crack, but I do feel like this the longer stuff is probably my strength, and I'm probably better off focusing on this stuff more so than the you know the sub three minute K type races or three minute K races because it that that's getting that's the thing that's getting harder as I'm getting older. Whereas this yeah. stuff I'm finding actually not easier, but 
this is this is much more manageable for me than than running three minute k's or faster so hypothetical you what happens if they don't give you the lead female and give you the second pack and then yeah. you want to kick down but you're already like too far back uh, to run a so, decent marathon time you know what i mean yeah so i'd still be on like I'd probably be like 225 pace through halfway um so then, like obviously yeah. it's not i'm not gonna break 220 or anything off that but like i, I never probably don't even plan on breaking 220 given the training i've been doing but i, I thought you know if I was to run 222 to 224, like, you know, that's like, it's good to just get one on the board again after not having done one for, for ages. What's your second fastest marathon behind your 217? It was Canberra, 224. Okay. Shit, seven minutes difference between your fastest and second fastest. Well, I've only run, I've only run three, I've only run three competitive marathons ever. Maybe BYU was a bit of a fluke, of an outlier. <laughs> Nah. Maybe. I still take it. Bloody oath, I would. No. <laughs> they certify that? Yeah, I don't know if they did. No, Usually both seem to run quick there. <laughs> a few PBs set there. Yeah. Uh, it's a good week, Croaks. Just about your week. My week. I started off on Monday. I um, Because that's the first day of the week. I ran for 75 minutes in the morning at 4.37 pace. So that was 16.2k. I didn't run in the afternoon because I drove over to Shepherd and Tuesday uh, Monday night, and I um I watched Take Five. You guys listen to Double J, how they get like a different person on every week, and they um interview them and they talk about five songs that are like being significant in their life. No. You're familiar no. with it, Crokes? No, you wouldn't be. But Moose, you would be, wouldn't you? That's the radio. Double yeah, J. Double J. Nah. Triple J is like sister station. I don't know it. What number is it on the dial? Oh, I don't know. I just run it on digital. On my digital um, radio, yeah, like on my app thing, it's just like you know when you get in the car and it starts playing on your phone, syncs up. Oh, I, I no, I don't know, but interesting that I might look at that. Yeah, it's good. It's kind of like uh, well, Zan Rose on there. She's the host of the the Take Five segment, who used to be on Triple J. It's yeah, like, I remember her. It's like for boomers who like think Triple J is too too young music these oh, days. Oh yeah, but they still play the classic metal. classic Triple J songs over on Double J. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Yeah. Do they put heavy metal on it? A bit of everything and stuff. Yeah, Tool would get a bit of a go. Metallica, no, stuff like that. No, it's all the, you know the yelling shit that's out at the moment? Oh, Occasionally like Triple J play Amity one. Amity Affliction yeah, yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. No, I don't, I don't think that. any of that would be getting a run on Double J. Benny Benny Walker, singer from our intro and closing music, he gets played on Double J. Does he? Yeah. yeah they play his stuff on Double J over there. So tell me this. Yeah. You might be able to answer it because you know Benny. Every time they play a song, does he get a little bit of a, a payday? Oh, I don't know how it works. You, I know, you would, on, I, reckon. I know, on like Spotify, he gets like stuff or like one cent or something like that for a play for each nah, play. If that, I don't know what it is. I don't think they get much on Spotify. I might go play it a hundred times tonight. Just put it on repeat. Yeah, there's a there's a dollar. <laughs> yeah, definitely not one cent. But I don't know what it is. But I don't think they get a lot of money from Spotify. Not sure how it works on commercial radio and stuff like that. Mm. Um, so I went over to Shepparton because they were doing a live take five. So the Triple J crew were in Shepparton, I think, for a few days. And Briggs, the uh, the rapper, he was the take five because he's from Shepparton. And then, yeah, it was kind of this little intimate kind of setting. I reckon there was 45, 50 people in the audience. Then they interviewed him for like an hour and then like they had to lead into his five songs throughout the night. It was really cool. It was really cool seeing how like professionals set up for like a live show like that. Like they would have had 10 crew doing the camera work and the lighting and the audio 
um, our setup at the Gold Coast will be nothing like that. It'll just be like one microphone coming out of a laptop. But um, yeah, it was really cool to just, you know, like when live music and all that got canned through COVID and you didn't go to like shows. I'm sure Brie was feeling the same when she went to Harry Potter. Um, it's good to be able to do those things again. So that was Monday night. That was good. Tuesday to work out with Archie, we did seven by a mile, um, hovering around like 310 pace for the miles on, off 90 seconds jog between. I just put in my Strava notes, like a real pleasant workout. Like I just love doing workouts at that pace. It's just, it's comfortable. There's a lot of like throwing the brakes on because sometimes we get out a bit too hard and like you don't, you know, it's one of those workouts where you don't have to chase the pace. It's like, it's there and you can turn it up if you want to at any stage. Um, so that was a good workout and good bit of mileage there, like 13K um, in total for that one. And even you can tell by our cooldowns, like we averaged like 4.13 pace for our 3K cooldown, which we kind of never jog at that pace, but we obviously must have still been pretty fresh. 35 minutes in the afternoon, seven and a bit K. Uh, easy day Wednesday, so I did an hour in the morning at 4.38, and then 30 minutes in the afternoon at um, 4.26s. Medium long run, hour 45 on the Thursday. That was at 4.12 pace, um, just just dirt roads, bit of bush, it was nice. And then 30 minutes in the afternoon at 4.40s. And that brings us to Friday, my second workout of the week. Um, I changed Moose fart like a bit, Moose. I took 15 seconds off the three minute efforts, made them two minutes 45. Why? Just to, oh, because I was coming off like that. That Thursday is a pretty big day, like I think it was 30, 31K. So I just took took 15 seconds off. Don't go messing with what works, mate. That's the recipe. Archie did. Archie did the three minutes. I just took 15 seconds off the three minutes. And, he, couldn't um, keep, he couldn't keep up with Archie, so yeah. he cut 15 seconds. Mate, so, you talk about blokes finding shortcuts. Of, <laughs> that is the biggest shortcut I've ever seen in my life. I stitched him up in one, too, because I went because I was having, obviously, an extra 15 seconds recovery, and then my watch would get to a minute, and I'm like, come on, we've got to go. But I was really actually meant to give him an extra 15 seconds. He was flying. I think all his minutes, he averaged under 240 pace. Um, and he's, he's got this, I think I've spoken about it before. When he leads, say, his minute efforts, I'm like snapping at his heels 10 seconds in, like, this is too slow. He's got to pick up the pace. Like, we're running like 305 pace. Like, it's meant to be quicker for the one minute on. And then he just, like, 30 seconds is away from you. 45 seconds, you're like sprinting, trying to keep up. 50 seconds, you're like, show's over. He's like 30, 40 meters in front of you. Joy's being, being young. Oh, he just, that, that's, that stuff comes so much easier. But he just pours it on. Like, it's like mm. I'm, I'm changing biomechanically and tr- my gait trying to, like, kick to keep up with him. And he's just, like, it just doesn't even seem like he's putting in any effort. So he was, um, yeah, he was in shape there. So we still did, uh, oh, well, 15 seconds short for the workout in total. But it was, yeah, still 29 minutes of of running 320 what you're saying is you're you're just busting your ass to try and keep up with archie i'll let him go i didn't yeah <laughs> i was busting my ass for the first 30 seconds trying to keep up with him and then i was like nah because i was running like 250 pace for my mm-hmm. ones which i was pretty happy with but um yeah he was getting away from me i must say though if you're not sure what moose farlick is because i don't think i explained it there we haven't spoken about it for a while it's three minutes on one minute jog one minute hard one minute jog um times five which gets you 30 minutes um, sometimes we don't do the jog at the end, so we stop at 29 minutes. What I'm sure we've been through this before. Yeah, I know, but we've got a lot of new listeners these days, Moose. Yeah, People well, you've got to find the episode, don't we? Yeah, we did it for training talk, I think, not so long ago. Got to have to have. Got out for um, 
7K in the afternoon, 4.32s after work on a Friday. Actually listen to, I'll just give it a quick plug, the Better With Running podcast, Zach and Newman and uh, Chris Armstrong. That's the Light Runs PB podcast. And they t- did a really good segment on the pros and cons of Strava. Um, it was a really mature conversation about how some people say stuff's easy on Strava and it's not really easy. And then it can be a bit misleading for other people trying to copy stuff that they see on Strava. And it was real like good chat about what purpose do you, do you use Strava for? Like, what are you trying to get out that of that social network? So um, that was good listening to that while I was jogging. Sunday, no, Saturday, got out for 70 minutes, um, 428s, listened to the new Flume album and the new Mallrat album, both in full. Um, the Flume one's better than the Mallrat one, but just pretty close, pretty close. I didn't like it that much. Flume. I like, yeah, I like... I, I mean, Did you listen to no, I didn't. I don't yeah. know what. I didn't, I'm not saying that it's amazing, but it's better than more rats. The more rat starts yeah. better than flumes. I listen to the first because I listen to flumes first, and I'm like, okay, this is a that's a solid seven. There's a few good tracks on there, but I feel like he's got this. Um, you're gonna sound like a real dinosaur boomer here as well, Moose. But um, he's got this method where he just creates these beats, obviously because that's his job, and then just has like a female vocalist singing over the top of it. Yeah. And then the next song is another female vocalist and the next one's another one. And you're just like, they all sound similar, but they're obviously different people. Whereas, I was thinking the same thing when I was listening. I'm like, like I wonder how you just tweak the beat a little bit yeah. during these songs. And then all of a sudden they're, oh, they're going to get some hate mail for this. But every, like, or you, what do you do? Press a few different buttons on your computer to make it sound a bit different? Well, he's very, that... he's very distinctive. Like, it's not like you, anything yes. else you've heard before. That's the thing. So when you do – I felt like I was getting a bit lost in it when I was running. Like, it's a bit, you know, mesmerizing. Like, it's – yeah, it's very unique music. And and Mall Rats was, was good, but I just found um, – I like I liked the first half of it, and then I think it dropped off a bit in the second. But I'm obviously – I'm a school teacher, no expert on music. I'm just there's a couple of um, there's a cu- there's a couple of old his old albums that I can run like they just they are the perfect running mm. like cadence rhythm beat like they're always pretty like energetic the one and, where there's just rappers over the beats yeah that one. no they yeah that was good I, I accidentally bought that vinyl where it's got it's almost like a remix one where there's a yeah. lot of rapping on it and I didn't mean to and I don't like it as much as just mm. the beats. Yeah. It was like a B-side, wasn't it? Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so that got me through 70 minutes. I enjoyed listening to new music. And then on Sunday, got out to the Barmart Forest, not the Pine Forest, two different places. Uh, we had a good group out there. Stoke was out there. Archie was out there. Glenn was out there. And we had uh, Jabba and Abby, two newbies. So, like, that's huge for Barmer to have, like, six people out there. So Jabba and Abby have moved from Melbourne to... Uh, Violet Town, like about uh, 50 minutes drive from Barmer, near Shep out there. Violet Town? Yeah, that's where there's Killing, killing Heidi are from there. Some, are there some murders there or something? Mm, I don't or know. Or Snow Town, maybe that's Snow Town. Yeah, Violet Town's where Killing Heidi were from back in the day. Oh, yeah. So it was good to have some new people out there. They jumped in with a loop. I made a new loop, nearly nailed it, but um, just made just missed a turn at about oh, 10K in, so we had to double back and, and go down this single path that didn't even look like a road. 
Glenn nearly stacked it. Like he, yeah, it's just so rough out there. It's just puddles everywhere and potholes and slippery. Someone nearly goes over every week. Actually, I'm still the only guy that's fallen over. But um, <laughs> yeah, Glenn, he was like for horizontal across the road. I thought he was going to go down for sure, but he saved it pretty well. So that was the most entertainment in that run for a while. And that was my week, 169.2. Rounded up to 170 though, because um, that sounds better. Racing this week, cross country, 8K. Looking forward to it. Mm. Should be good down there. Top 10, you reckon? Top 10? Last three cross-country races have been top 10. Jails Park, top 10. 12K last year, top 10. 8K 8K last year, top 10. Where did you come at Bandura? What's the best I've ever come at Bandura? Uh, No. Oh, was it it called off last year? Yeah, it hasn't been on for the last couple of years. That's the the one you want to go high at, isn't it? That's prestigious. That is the... Well, it's usually where they pick the state team from, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and it's also Bandura. Like I don't know. I, again, dinosaur talk. But I always, I always looked at Bandura and thought, okay, if I'm going to do well at an event, that's the one I want to do well at this winter. Mm. Yeah, well, it's kind of the middle of the season. I, I did prefer it when it was 12k, not 10k. Uh, they, yeah, they shifted it back, and the course changed a bit there as well. But yeah, it's a good race. So that's me. Let's uh, thank some Patreon supporters, eh? Kick us off, Bradley. All right, I've got Anthony Sebergsen uh, from Norway. Uh, hopefully I pronounced your surname correctly. Uh, 31.38, 10K PB, 73 for the half, 2.34 for the marathon. He did 10 times 1K in 3.20 yesterday, and he doesn't mind the old Norwegian AM, PM workout days. Uh, also saw Eminem at Wembley Park back in 2014 so thanks for your support anthony and i'll take your 10k pb there we're very musical this week aren't we what a music uh, talk why um why aren't you doing am pm yeah when are you gonna start doing that tracks uh i do don't i don't like every every time i do a double one both of those runs sessions that's what you no, guys would say. It's like grey area running. <laughs> Seven <laughs> sessions a week this far. Nah, I don't. I don't think. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think. I think the the, the benefit versus the risk uh, for me is probably just not worth it. Cherry pick the cherry pick the Ingerbritsons. That being said, like you can see how it's possible because when I like when I finish those like six minute sessions, like I feel great at the end of it, and so. I could actually go out and do some sort of something, you know, hard within 12 hours of doing that. Um, but I just don't, I just think that's where it's going to be risky for me. Hmm. Yeah, they love it over there though, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Like, like it's something that, you know, if I knew about this stuff years and years ago, like maybe I would have given it a go, but at almost 42, um, it's probably, yeah, it's probably not worth it. Because didn't Christian, didn't he do like six by six minutes in the morning last week mm-hmm. and then 10 by three minutes in the afternoon? Like yeah, something three? like that. Look, yeah. I don't yeah, think we I should could, be following what Big Chris is doing. I couldn't do that. That's a big day. I guess Mind if you're you, doing that, it at different paces. Yeah, and what he told me was that if you're doing the doubles, like so I do the six-minute reps at like closer to sort of 60-minute race pace or like half marathon, whereas he says that, those guys do it at an even lower intensity. So it's probably more like, you know, marathon mm. pace. Yeah. Um, so, you know, which would feel like that wouldn't feel that that hard at all, really. Yeah, but it's all that threshold rating, isn't it? Mm, yeah. 1.6, is that what they say? Uh, under, t- I think it's under 2, under 2.2, they're black tape. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, Moose, right. who you got? 
I have Kate Bramley. So Geelong girl Kate, she actually went to the same school as Bree, maybe even the same year level as Bree, uh, Western Heights Secondary College. They call it a college, but it is in no way a college. It is just the classic high school. So Kate is an off-road professional triathlete. She's also a performance triathlon coach and I think she's the director of Triathlon Adventures Geelong. So um, that is one of the bigger triathlon groups in town. Um, now, her running PBs, well, she's a triathlete, so I'm not sure whether she have, has ever had a crack at running, but she's run 17.56 for 5K, 40.14 for 10, and she's done a 9.09 Ironman. She's a two-times Xterra winner, which is off-road triathlon, Oceania off-road champion, four-time age group triathlon world champion. So that's quite the resume for Kate. Quite the bio. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of um, credentials in there. Obviously enjoys the mountain bike, the open ocean swimming, maybe in the trail running. I guess that's what off-road triathlon is. You, you must swim. You must oh, – the swim must be in the ocean, I get like the open ocean. Aren't they always um, in the open ocean? They can be in lakes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Shetlands yeah. and the lake. I reckon that, like, it's probably just a rougher swim. But then mountain biking on trails, totally different. And trail running, also very different. Mm. I, um, I, I, it's a difficult sport. Like, it's a whole new skill set doing that. Moose, you almost sound like you're a fan of triathletes now. No, a bit. I remember reading in. I remember reading this magazine, this triathlon magazine. They did like the X Terror event. They they covered it, and they had a um, trail run at the same event. And it was like the trail. It was right before trail running was, was a thing. It was held in Bend in Oregon, and Max King won. And I remember going, oh, this guy. I wonder if he's any good because he's won like a trail running world championship. I wonder if he's just a punter. But then I looked him up. I'm like, oh, Max King. I reckon, like steeplechaser at the time, very good runner. You remember him? No. Uh, no, no, you've got to remember Max King. Oh, Doesn't dear. he play for St Kilda? You don't remember Max King? Come on. No. He, he was a steeplechaser. What year? I'm just looking him up now. Oh, they say he's an ultra marathoner on this, but he was always a steeplechaser. Come on. Mm. He. All right. Not much saying coming up here, though. <laughs> Nah, you got to know Max King. Come on, come on. Oh, I went to the world. Ch oh no, world champs in a hundred k. Yeah, he's run pretty fast in the marathon. He's my uh, age. He's run two fourteen. What a beast. Um, <laughs> he's run sixty three minutes. Oh, that's not that good. He's run thirteen fifty six five k. What? I thought he was so much better than this. Uh, probably was when you were reading that. Yeah. You He's run like eight. You were two thirty by when you were reading this stuff. Holy shit! This is wrong. Is this wrong when you're? Is this when you're in Chico? Is this uh, how you heard about him? Why did I think he was so good? Thirty-one oh three for ten. Mind you, I'd I'd be happy with a thirteen fifty-six. Yeah, true. I think he held the American record for the hundred. Oh, he won the hundred k world champs. I reckon he held this more. Maybe. Yeah, he's got. Yeah, he, he it's a record. He's got the area record. Six twenty-seven Doha. Yeah. Guitar. Mm. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty good. So he's forty-two now. Oh, gee, I don't know why. 
Anyway, he was a good trail runner too, by the way. The, the things we get onto on this show. I segue, yeah. <laughs> like, Brendan anyway, Hall. Anyway, Kate. Oh, thank you, Kate. Thanks, Kate. Your thank legend, you, Kate. Kate. I'm going to thank Brendan Hall, maybe from Wollongong, New South Wales. 18.13 at the Sandon Point Park Run. Found that. 35.52 at the Shell Harbour 10K. 1.26 half marathoner. And 3.54 for the marathon. But back in the day, like I think this was like five or six years ago, I haven't seen a um, an updated marathon from him because he'd smashed that 3.54 off his recent 1.26 so, Brendan, massive thank you for your support over there at Patreon, all the legends over there on Patreon that keep this show alive each and every week. We appreciate it so much that um, you think this show is worth some kind of value for the month, all the content we put out for, you know, weekly shows and um, Shoe Geeks, which the boys recorded today. So got a five, got a five, six, seven hours worth of content every month. If you want to support us, patreon.com forward slash inside running podcast. You'll find some more details. Running news, boys, to kick off the Diamond League. Watch it, Croaks. Uh, I did watch it. I um, yeah, I always just fast forward everything other than the, uh, the distance, distance events. Yeah. So I watched it. Actually, I need to start turning my phone off because I saw a couple of messages pop up Sunday morning from you. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay. But I still watched them, but I watched them before I went for my long run. Wouldn't have given much away what I said, though. Uh, no, just more about Stewie didn't give away the uh, Jessica Hull news that she came second. So Laura Muir was the person who finished in front of her, 402.8 to 403.4. They won, um, they were kind of three or two seconds ahead of the Kenyan Winnie Chibet, who was in third place. They kind of both went with a pacemaker, who was an Australian girl. Anyone remember her name? Is yeah, Sanford? Ellie, Ellie Sanford. She did a really good job. Yeah, mm. nice pacer. And then the others just didn't go with it, whereas Jess and Laura did. Jess kind of got the perfect sit on her. I was watching it thinking, oh, this is a great lead-in, but Muir just kind of got away in the home straight there. Jess couldn't quite get past her. But another podium at a Diamond League for Jessica Hull. Um, All class. How's the statement? Do you agree with this? Is she the best track runner we've got, distance runner in you know Australian at the moment? Well, what's at the moment, man? Her share share price the highest if you're buying you buy shares in athletes. I mean, it, this weekend, this the last oh. two weekends. I think Ollie, like oh, yeah. Ollie's going to give her a run for her money. I think, like, because Ollie, Ollie's there or thereabouts of winning, winning these as well. Yeah. Yep. Um, and there's a few top girls still to come in to the fold. Um, yep. So, so I wouldn't say that like Jess is running really well and she's finishing on the podium, but the women's field's probably not quite as strong as it will be in a month or two's time. Yeah. And they say that, like, the Australians have the advantage coming off our summer. Mm. People are racing themselves fit. She's been running a good 15s for a while now. Um, Georgia Griffith withdrew from the race due to illness, according to the Athletics Australia uh, media release. And then, as you said, he croaks Ollie Hoare in the men's 1500. He finished in third place behind Abel Kipsang, who we spoke about last week, the Kenyan who won at uh, Doha Diamond League, and Mohamed Katia. Um, times were, uh, where are, oh, geez, they're a bit all over the place. He, he ran 335.76, yeah. Yep. So Matt, third. Yeah, Matt Ramsden was in, and he was with him too, wasn't he? Like, they just couldn't catch keep saying in the home straight there like he's just he's very so con- he's, he's very consistent ollie like I, I can't really remember the last time he had an absolute shocker 
Um, so he's yeah, he's always there, you know, when the whips are cracking down sort of the, in the last 150. Yeah. Uh, Ramsden was in the same race, 11th in at 339.6. And Stewie again, 14th place, uh, 344.1. And this week the AA article didn't talk about the glute strain, but talked about as he continues to battle the long-term impacts of covid but he was quick out again and got straight on the pacemakers. And similar to last week, just um, faded, didn't he? So I have a question for you about Stewie at the moment. Do you think, um, like obviously his last two races are way off where he should be. Do you reckon his training is also way off where it should be? and like, Or he's training well, but just not racing well? I think, I think at the moment he's struggling like with actual conditions. So he has a glute injury, whether it's a niggle or a strain or a tear or whatever. He, he's got an injury in his glute, and he also has this condition uh, that's affecting his fitness, whether that's from COVID or whether it's from the vaccine that he had too close to having COVID or whatever it is that's causing the issue. There, um, it's, there, there is an issue there. There is no doubt about it. I mean, it's Drew McSween. He ran 344. Yeah. Mm. This, the, there's a physical issue, and I don't think it's it's not bad training. It's not anything like that. It's just his body is not able to perform at the level that he, he he's used to. But I guess the point I'm making, Moose, is that like he, his races are poor, but surely his training's probably not going great either, which if that's the case, like aren't you better off just – pulling the pin on racing until your training gets back to the level that you know you're going to come out and run 335. Yeah, I I think, I'm not sure about his training exactly, but how it's been described to me is that he doesn't have that gear at the end right now. And he doesn't know that he doesn't have, have it until the moment that he tries to shift gears and then it's not there for him. Mm-hmm. Now, in, in training, you don't get to that point. You don't get to the point where you have to shift gears into like diamond league last lap type stuff and maybe you don't know that you're in that sort of physical condition until you get to the race that's that's sort of what it sounds like because if he was in 344 shape in training and that's what training suggested he wouldn't be doing these races Mm, yeah yeah he's it's like why would he so he obviously isn't seeing this in training and he gets to the race and goes okay well Today should go better because the training's been fine. Because it's like, yeah. but how how many more of these sort of races, like, do you just go like? Because do you think this starts to affect his brand a little bit? Like, you know, you know, like I, personally, I, I if I was in Stewie's situation, I'd had a couple of really really bad runs. I'd probably go away until I knew that I was ready to, to yeah. come back and 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 really compete. And and that would mean. You say that you can't do it in training, but I'll go and do some time trials or something. Like do something in training that you go, you know what? I I know that I can actually get back to three thirty five in a race. Do a hard K or something with um, some pacemakers. Yeah, because like it's just it's just dis- it's it's sad to watch. Not knowing a guy that was just so competitive last year. Like you know, the flip side is good on him. He's, he's out there still giving it a crack, and that's good to see. But I, I think it sort of just affects not his. Well, I don't know if it affects his brand, but it's just like reputation a little bit. Better off just. Getting, getting yourself right and then coming back and hitting a 335 mm. again. You can't, you, can't force, you can't force your way through this type of physical ailment. It's not something that it's like a mental thing where, oh, yeah, I'll just tough through it. Or it's like a tendon where, yeah, we can run through this. It's like, no, this is, 
this isn't something you can just push your way through. Yeah. And and I think I think that like this is a personal opinion, but I think he should probably take a break and then get that right before he reloads and has a shorter build up towards world champs and comp games because uh, the race tactics sorry to interrupt were um exactly the same like doha didn't happen like go hard get to the behind the pacemaker like there was no caution mm. after doha the week before it was almost like let's forget that one go out and put this one away and then yeah. he just slowly gets filtered to the back doesn't yeah. he like yeah, yeah. people just go around it which that's the sad bit you're like fuck that's our stewie like we yell at the tv for this guy he's an absolute australian legend like it's yeah. you just want the best for him and you want him smacking up people but like on the, as I said, on the flip side, it is awesome that he's still out there and he's happy to have like, I'm sure he cares about people beating him who probably shouldn't beat him, but he's still out there giving it a crack, like oh. which you know is is commendable. And as Australians, you sit back and go, okay, we're still cheering for Aussie. We've still got Matthew Ramsey in the lead pack as well. Like it's yeah. we're pretty um, lucky to have three Australians there. I, I think the difference is this isn't going to race him into fitness if this is a heart condition mm. or or something like that. Like this isn't. I'm not sure it's good for him to be doing that because, yeah, you can race when you're not fit, but you don't race when you've got a condition like that's obviously yeah. really limiting what he can do. And it, especially, especially when he's so far off, like, you know, him running 344 and 348 in his last two 1500s, like, you know, put, put it into even our own context. Like if you're, you know, 15 seconds off your best over 1500 metres, like that's a lot. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and and yeah, even yourself. Like if you're all 15 seconds off what you you know should be able to run for 1500, like you're probably not going to go out and race anytime soon. You know, you get yourself right until you know you're back to where you should be. He's jogging him in though. He's not working the whole way yeah. to the line. Yeah. True. Uh, so yeah, good to see Ollie Hoare on the podium again. A leader in sports micronutrition, Pillar Performance is changing the way micros are used in running performance and for endurance athletes globally. Pillar has become the choice of Australian sport thanks to their formulation quality and batch testing program. Currently working with Ben St. Lawrence, Izzy Bat-Doyle and Lucy Bartholomew, along with more than 40 professional sporting teams. Made by athletes for athletes, Pillar leaves no stone unturned when it comes to ingredient quality and potency. Offering some of the strongest formulations on the market, Pillar's range supports optimal recovery, elevates energy production, relieves inflammation and boosts immunity. When it comes to recovery, their best-selling triple magnesium powder is a must-have for any serious runner. Featuring three forms of bioavailable magnesium to optimize recovery, improve sleep, and have you backing up after every session. Ramping up your program in the lead-up to the Gold Coast Marathon, Pillar's vitamin C and zinc is perfect to help fight off sickness while your training load is high during the colder months. The Pillar team has an exclusive offer for Inside Running listeners. Head to their website and use the code INSIDE20 to receive 20% off a checkout when you purchase two products or more. To redeem this offer, or for more information on Pillar's performance and their range of sports micronutrition, head to pillarperformance.shop. Uh, at a Diamond League, Pete Bowl, he was in the 800. His race went the complete opposite than it did the week before. He couldn't close that gap. He finished in ninth position in 147.5. I haven't watched this one, Croak, so any comments you've got there would be muchly appreciated. Um, very, very similar to the the Doha one in terms of like with you know two hundred two fifty to go, you thought oh, you know he's he's a bit out of it, 
Um, but having watched Doha, like at that, watching Birmingham, I didn't think he was out of it knowing how he closed in Doha, but he just wasn't able to do it. And I think probably the last 10, 15 metres, he pretty much just jogged in at that point. Yeah, okay. And the women's 5K, there was only one 5K, the women's at this one. Rose Davies and Izzy Bat Doyle were in there. Uh, Rose was 15.28 and uh, Izzy was 15.29 to finish in 10th and 12th spot. Um, so a bit off their PBs. Rose was on track for was a good one. Like she was with the lead pack through probably 3K. Um, so she was on probably like close to 15 minute pace, I reckon, through 3K. Um, so yeah, obviously struggled a bit in that last 2K. Because they did, yeah, the winner ran 14.47. And I think Jess Judd ran a yep. really good, I think she was 14.56 or something like that as yep. well. So there was a few kind of people sub 15. And uh, Callie Thackeray, who you spoke about last week, Moose, with the double at Great Ocean Road. And then Sydney, she was a DNF um, in the race. Not sure what happened there because um, we did speak about her feet blowing up or something in Instagram last week but didn't get to the bottom of that. But, yeah, DNF for Callie. Yep. We uh, – yep. Uh, Next question. Other, no, no question, just results. Um Who's telling me, Croaks, you're going to take us to the USTF Distance Classic. A couple of yeah. Australians in action over there. So I think this was at Mount Sac, actually. So I whipped through some of these results. Um, Jack Bruce was third in the 5,000. He ran 13.39. Um, and Sam McEntee, uh, not a great day for him. He was 13.54. In the men's steeplechase, Matt Clark finished 10th in 8.33.83. Uh, and Max Stevens was 8.45.83 to finish in 17th. Women's steeple, Amy Cashin, um, she won the steeple in 9.31.28, which is just over a second outside the, the world champs qualifier, while Brielle Urbacher was uh, fifth with 9.46. Um, and probably the run, well, definitely the run of the night was um, national champion Abby Caldwell, she won the 1500 metres in 404.18, uh, which because she's national champion and because 404.18 is under the World Championships qualifier, she's now automatic for World Champs and um, Commonwealth Games if she wants it. This was run, run of the week, wasn't it? Yep. Excellent. That's awesome mm. news. Because she was, that's a girl, like she, she rocks up to Vic Milers every week. Or every event that it's on, she does all the state champs. Like, she's a na- she's a name that someone can follow on the big stage now from the local level. She's young as well. Like, I think she's only tw- is she twenty? Twenty one. Yeah, been, up her age. been banging banging on the door anyway this season. Well, she yeah. missed out for Tokyo. She was the fourth one. She had the time but didn't get to go. Yeah, that's right. So now she's going, and now one of the others isn't going to go. Uh, yeah. So what you've got? Lyndon, um, Jess Hull, and George Griffiths. Yeah. They all have the time this for this one, do they? I, I don't know. I don't know if they've got the time in this period, but... Um, but yeah. if they get well, it, then Ab, someone... Well, Abby... You're not leaving Abby, Jess Hull off. Abby, Jess and Lyndon... Uh, well, Abby's obviously got it, but Jess and, Lin, um, Jess and Lyndon also have it because they did it at the Olympics. And that's right. They broke this train record. Yeah. 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 Um, so Georgia needs to find some time. Yeah. yeah, she's 20 years old. Yep. That's some good running there. Moose, tell me about what you're telling me about, Jack Rayner. Yeah, well, I got onto this race and watched it last night. Well, I watched most of it anyway. Um, Manchester, the great – Manchester Great Run. Is that what it's called? It's not called the 
great Manchester run. I don't know, just a copy and paste job here, so we'll go yeah. with whatever it's called there. The the Manchester 10K. Jack Rayner, he was our man. So he um, he finished second to Jake Robertson from New Zealand, lives in Kenya. Um, it was quite a good race, actually. Jake Robertson left early, left the pack, probably at around, what, a K, 2K, mm, made a bit early. of a break. And... Um, Put a decent time, put some decent time into them. Um, and I thought, oh, gee, there's some quality runners back in that second pack. It, well, mainly looking at Jack Rayner, who, who ran 27.15 uh, just a few months ago. And and I thought, oh, Jack will get him like you did. But then it got longer and longer, and all of a sudden uh, it was about 3K to go when Jack broke from his pack and started to, to chase down Jake, who, who was slowing, but... Uh, there was just too much, too much time. I mean, too much um, like real estate between them. Jack couldn't catch him back up, and I, like pretty good run from Jack. But I, I, I think that in retrospect, he probably would gave the second pack too much credit and should have stayed with Jake Robertson when he left earlier on. What yeah. about you guys? What do you think? The same? The guys leading the second pack were like Jack's better than them. Mm, that's like, right. And I think he was just there for too long. And by the time he made his decision to leave, to pull to pull Jake in, um, he was too far ahead. And even though that Jake Robertson was um, slowing, he was still... The minute he's... Like, I think he ran a pretty slow K, his ninth K, but then when you know a K to go, you pick it up and you find something. So, But Jack's... Yeah, he's come off a niggle, I think, in between the Australian record and this. So that's a... I think it was a road PB. Good return of form. He'll only get better. Second place too, Second get some place, cash. Bit of cash there, a bit of airtime for the moustache. Um, he looked, they love the moustache, don't they? They do. Every article always mentions the moustache. Always the moustache, yeah. Always the moustache. Yeah, he got some. It good is airtime. a good moustache. I mean, he he pulls it off. He looks good with it. What do you think about the new Nike kit? I like the one he was wearing. Yeah, he looks Absolutely. good in it, doesn't he? Yeah, with the black shoes yeah, and socks really as well. I really liked it. Really liked it. I don't. I hated that blue and green one they had. I hated it. Well, I had it for and about so, three years as well. That one. Yeah, the block colour, it looks great. Good for them. Um, yeah, so that was good there. And the women were pretty um, quick as well. Um, the UK record. Did you see yeah. that? Yeah. Have Helena a... Beery, she won the race. Um, and then Ailish McCoglin, yeah, she, I mean, she's a gun, isn't she? She's 30, she I reckon a year, two years ago, she was pulling out of races. She'd run a good one, then she'd have three bad ones in a row and you just were like oh it's so inconsistent now every race is like a record for her yeah every time she hits the road she's breaking some european record or scottish record or whatever um she she's a gun she beat paula radcliffe's and she was doing the commentary that's always good when that happens yeah gotta call that in uh some news (laughs) about shelby hallahan your mate Shelby, yeah, um, I've I saw some social media stuff. I, I'm not, I've lost, I've I've stopped following this one, but it looks like Shelby Houlihan loses her appeal of the doping ban. The re- American record holder will not be eligible to compete until January 2025, and that's not that far away, really. Two and a half years. She's not far off. It's another Olympics, though. It's another Olympics, though, yeah. Oh yeah, true. It's another Olympics. 
Don't need to say uh, much more about that. We've spoken about we've been, it. We've been all through that, yeah. Over come the on, years. Come move on. Move on. <laughs> I just thought I'd put it in there because we have spoken about it. And then the uh, South Australian 10K champs, Moose, your last bit of news for the week. Yep. Um, Run Strong coach, one of the coaches, Jess Stenson, actually won the race. So she was 32.59, sub 33. She uh, she won quite easily, actually. Jessica Pascoe, your, your girl, Brad, she was second, 34.12. And Brooke Hines, 35-31 in third position. In the men's, Can we, we just clarify, Amy... why did you say Jessica Pascoe? Because Brad interviewed her. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Okay. Like we've, run, we've, run, we've run through mulligans a few times. That's right. I mean, she could be his daughter. That's the age <laughs> gap. But I'm not saying. <laughs> he, he interviewed her. He introduced Jessica Pascoe to the Australian public. He was a big oh, fan of podcast. her as well, wasn't he? He's like, this, she's the next big name, oh, Jessica yeah. Pascoe. We've got to get her on the show. Massive fanboy. Now Massive she's picking up boy. silver medals at the South Australian 10K Champs. You picked it, Croaks, years ago. Still, yeah, she's still on the up. No, that's what I mean. Yeah, you picked it. Wouldn't have known who she was unless you did that interview. Men's mate. Um, men's moose. Um, the men's, yep. So Adrian Potter was first, 29.07. He beat. He looks like he's out kicked. Jacob Cox, cool. Jacob Cox is really coming through. He's cherry picking these courses though, isn't he, Brad? Fourteen seconds faster than he ran at Sydney Ten K. Yeah, that so must for those, mean for those, Sydney... play, those playing at home. So maybe Sydney's not that short. <laughs> maybe not. However, Riley Cox. What did he run at Sydney Ten? Uh, Riley didn't run Sydney Ten. No, we don't know that. But he was third. In 30.04, apparently closed very quickly as well. Um, but that's big news from Adrian Potter, back mm-hmm. on the winning. Like, it's a hard, it's a really difficult place to get a cross-country win over there. It, there's no givens there. You've got blokes run 29. I'd say it's up there with Victoria now to, to pull a win. Maybe like 5 to 10 isn't as deep as Victoria, but the top five easily is deep. Yeah. Agree, Definitely. disagree? Yeah, like, yeah, Adelaide, well, South Australia over the last five years or so have uh yeah done incredibly well compared to like where they were back when you know i was running national cross and stuff like that it was pretty much victoria new south wales act like they were sort of the top three whereas now like um south australia on the on the podium every year yeah i agree Mm. we don't one of their winter races is on par with victoria it'd be nice to see it like a big teams nationals just South Australia put their best team out, Victoria. Just not the not the best team as in like oh Stewie comes back and runs, but the best team from those that regular rock up at cross country events. I reckon that Victoria would, be... would still smash them. Victoria coming tenth in a AV race is still way harder than any other state. I agree. I think so too. But they don't. You don't need to come tenth. Mm. You it's yeah. the top. It's the top, top six. six. Yeah. And so, like, let's look at who consistently runs these races for SA. You've got, you've got Matt Clark, you've got Adrian Potter, you've got Riley Cox, Isaac Kane, Jacob Stevens, Jacob Cox, Daniel, got, Daniel Canala. They got a solid seven or eight, don't they? They only need six. There you go. Yeah. That's a that's a big six. But who, I mean, who would New South Wales be, Croaks? Why are you going? Uh, you'd be in that team, Benny Croker. Tommy. Kieran Tall. Kieran Tall. No, Tommy doesn't run that shit. You know, oh. When's the last time he ran a cross-country race? Yeah, well, true. Sydney. Tommy. But, this, but this, is ro- this is a road champ we're talking about here. Yeah, Tommy ran these guys the Sydney also 10 last year. cross-country, though, regular. 
Um, yeah. Who else? Uh, Ed Goddard. He does yeah, a bit Goddard. Yeah, would be a good race. And then who's with Victoria B. Moose? Andy, Cashin, Thorpe, Andre Waring. Yeah, the top three. Andre Waring would be up there. Uh, who else you got? You got Liam Adams. He often does these type of events, like always yeah. cross country. Um, Brian. That'd be a six, I'm gonna, I reckon. No, I'm not going And Queensland now. Queen, Queensland has a lot more depth than they used to. Oh, yeah. Liam Bowden. Yeah. Yeah. Don't you run as ACT, Brad? Uh, I've run for both ACT and New South Wales in the past. RCT, ACT, Marty Dent, Croker, Josh <laughs> Johnson, Philo Saunders. Oh, you guys are good as well. Who else? Michael Roger. Well, Marty Dent. Marty Dent's not running anymore. <laughs> nah, he's still, he's still a legend though. He's still uh, a legend at the spot. Remember uh, when he came to my house? Marty Dent interviewed him at my kitchen table. Yeah. Jeez, I was yeah. fanboying that day. I can imagine. Yeah, so good running over there in South Australia. Uh, the last bit of news feels like been going forever here with this running news was the New South Wales cross country croaks, the 10k novice race. Yes, this is the novice champ. So I know we spoke about this last year, but um, to classify to I guess classify as a novice, you have to have not won a state or national medal over three kilometres. Um, and so they used to have a separate race for everybody that was a novice, and then they just put on like an invitational 10k for people who weren't novices anymore. Um, but this year they just combined combined the races. So in the novice race, uh, that was won by Dylan Offord. He ran 32.11. Um, and Asher Martin won the women's in 38-39, which times for this is pretty irrelevant because, um, yeah, it's cross-country, it was wet, muddy. Um, but then in the overall 10K, uh, Benny St. Lawrence won that in 31-48 from Kieran Hall in 32-01, and Matt Cox was 30 in 32-05. Um, wasn't a super this is a bizarre race. Yeah. Like it wasn't, you know, there weren't that many. Was there, Brady, like 50 men in total and 20-something women in mm-hmm. both, like across both 10K races. So, yeah, it wasn't a very popular race uh, on the New South Wales calendar, which, um, yeah, it's a bit of a shame Like when you compare it to Sydney 10 where they would have got 1,000 or whatever. So, um, like I don't mind the idea of the, the novice cross-country. It sort of gave up-and-comers a bit of a chance to, like, win a race. Um, like I remember like I won the novice race in 2000 and five or something and it was sort of cool because you know it meant that you know your, your benny st lawrence is like the national level guys weren't you know you weren't really competing against them on the day so it was sort of good for yeah for developing athletes um but when you're only getting like 70 people turn up for a 10k race as a as a uh, um as one of the races on this on the calendar it's it's not great and that's why they run them together now isn't it yeah, probably. There's not yeah. much point when there's like, you know, 20 in each field or something. Because it is different winning a race when you're out in front of the race, whereas winning the race coming fifth overall. Yeah, so Dylan would have, uh, yeah, finished fourth in that race, I yeah. think. Yeah. Yep. Changed the tactics massively. They, yeah, we were kind of talking yesterday. So New South Wales is a lot more wreck running linked up. They don't have that club culture. Whereas Victoria's no. got the club culture and then occasionally some rec runners will come to things like Albert Park 10K, maybe Burnley Half Marathon, but they don't, yeah. Whereas, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting to compare the two states. Yeah, like to look at, to see the results from AV where you've got like divisions, 
Like, it's unheard of. Like, you know, the top clubs in Sydney might have, and we're talking opens here, might have two or three teams max. That's it. Mm. Um, and they all just compete. It's basically like it'd be St. George Team A, St. George Team B, St. George Team C. And they're all basically just fighting for the gold, silver, bronze. But there's just not that it's just not that culture of the team's event. But then you look at the Sydney 10 and that really catered for the recreational runners because they knew that they could go out there and you know, run a really fast 10K time on a flat course, whereas the rec runners aren't going to rock up to a cross-country race, even up to 10K. Like, it's, yeah. you know, what's, what's yeah. the appeal there? Yeah. yeah, yeah. whereas the appeal's there for the club runners because that's what you've always done the last 20 years. Yeah. That's yep. built into it. Hey, Moose, talking about that club depth there, Glenn was telling me yesterday on the long run, he ran like 1955 for Jells Park. Guess what that gave him, what, like, yeah, the ranking time. 1955. That's a, that's a half decent time at Jells Park, 6K. Cross country. Uh, 30th. A- 80th. Oh. I was just like, what 80th? I'm like, you've counted them wrong. He's like, no, no, like, think about it. There's 11 Div 1 teams. They've all got six runners. That gives you the 66 pretty quick. Then you got Div- he, he was in that Div- Yeah, he just went through and counted them up. Holy which makes that's sense. Like, that's, yeah, that's depth. Listen to question, Bradley. Um, yeah, Gra- hey, you want to go with? Oh, which one do you want to go with? I was going over the. I was going over the top one, given um, given we just spoke earlier about being parents and okay. you know that yep. sort of stuff. What do you reckon? Yep. Do you want that one? You happy with that one? Yep. Happy with both of them. All right. Hey, Legends, how are you? I've recently had the joy of becoming a father for the first time and I'm keen to get back to running. I have a base fitness from some cycling I've done over the last few months but haven't run in quite a while. Seeing as you have all had some experience of this situation of balancing running with early parenthood, what advice would you give around, say, balancing running load with tiredness and fatigue and the duties that come along with being a new parent? Looking forward to listening on some runs coming up. Cheers for the content, boys. Uh, and that question comes in from Troy. So thanks, Troy. I'm going to let you boys go because I haven't re... <laughs> All right, I'll go quickly. Be adaptable. Yeah, be adaptable. That's... Run when you can. Get up earlier sometimes. Yes, you'll be tired, but adapt your run because you're tired. Don't get hung up on numbers and try to push the limit. Okay, that's my 100%, answer. 100% Moose. That, that's number one for me as well. Like runners where that, like before before kids, you sort of like, all right, running's like really high on the priority list and you want to dot all the I's, cross T's and get everything done in a training week. And it's just not realistic when you become a parent. Like, And so getting the majority of the stuff done is good enough as long as like so it's always still comes back to the consistency as long as you're being relatively consistent you know getting it seven out of you know if you had to rank your uh, score your week like a seven out of ten is fine like you know during this period and you're going to have you're going to have like some months things will be really good uh, when the kids sleeping and they're not sick and you're not sick and then other months you know it's going to be a three but as long as you're somewhat staying consistent um yeah, but as you said, being adaptable, that's that's the number one for me as well. Mm, turn the pace off on your watch. That stuff becomes irrelevant, especially when you're tired. Like just getting out the door and completing a run is, um, you know, sometimes the win. That's what you're taking. Um, with our second child, I made sure I liked to plan that there were no races in that kind of first six, eight weeks because I knew I was going to be tired. 
Whereas with Hudson, I think I ran my 5K and half and 10K PB in the first six weeks he was born. So, um, yeah, I've done it kind of both ways. And, yeah, it's different for, for both children. Um, appreciate it when you're out there because I think exercising and running and trying to make it work makes you a better parent. Um, it feels like you're kind of leaving the household to sometimes pursue a selfish endeavor um, and, and leaving your wife at home or whoever's caring for the child. But if that's going to mean that you're better around the house when you're back, um, I think that's important and it's a good way to clear your head. And yeah, the adaptability, like you can get up earlier or you can train later or whatever it is. Um, yeah, make it make it work if it's important to you. It's very hard because everyone's different situation with work and family support is very different as well. So, yeah. And don't be afraid to ask for help and don't be a perfectionist on sticking to a program. Yeah, I think um, lowering, yeah, just lowering your expectations a bit for sessions as well. Like, I really think as a runner, like sessions are the icing on the cake. Like if you're predominantly out there running, like, you know, that's going to keep a lot of base fitness there. The the sessions are just the icing and, you know, don't expect to hit the same sort of splits you were before kids when you're getting, you know, eight hours of sleep. Just, just dial it back. Listen to the body. Mm. And bang for buck kind of things that you can potentially do. Um, don't need to be banging huge workouts. But good luck, Troy. I think your uh, child's only like two weeks, two weeks old when we're doing this episode. So it's a, it's an amazing time in your life. Training Talk Moose. This week's Training Talk segment is proudly sponsored by Lululemon. Lululemon have designed technical gear with the runner in mind to last more than a season. Head to lululemon.com.au to find out more. Yes, this is um, this is a workout that I often give all my athletes but especially it's an it, it, it's what they do coming back from a, a bit of time off so it, it's a reintroduction to faster running and the session is three sets of five by 300 meters at around 3k pace now 100 meters walk recovery and 400 meters a slow jog between the sets so this is 15 300s so four and a half k total but broken up uh, with a lot of rest in between this the idea of this is to be um i don't really care if it's 300 meters i'll often give this to less advanced runners they'll do 200 meters i want them running at about 40 to 55 seconds worth of of effort i don't want them going a minute or longer but i want them up over the sort of 40 second mark as well so you adjust this based on how long a rep would take you most of my athletes do this coming back and so they're not going to go as fast as what they could be going um this this 3k pace for 300 meters isn't um isn't that taxing so if you're only running so for a, like a lot of the time for the athletes that I coach, they will do this in about 48 to 52 seconds. And it will be, it will be hard to hit that sort of pace from a mechanical perspective, but not from an aerobic perspective. So they can, they can handle the, the pace fine um, aerobically, but it's the mechanical nature of running quickly again after a break that they struggle with. And so that's why 
after the repeat, I want them to stop and I want them to walk back to the start. And most of them by the end of the session, like are enjoying that. And the 100 meter walk recovery, sometimes at the very start of the session, then they, they might shuffle along and sort of rush back to the start line. But towards the end of the session, then they'll stop. They might go hands on knees for a little bit and then they might walk slowly to the start line. So the, the, the actual recovery in between could be anywhere from like 45 seconds to two minutes long. Um, because the idea behind that is the priority is on hitting the pace rather than um, getting any type of aerobic benefit to the workout. So I want them um, focusing on, on speed. I want them focusing on their mechanics. And um, if the recovery is too short, then that, that side of things will fall down. So I don't really care how, how long their recovery is as long as they can hit the splits that I want them to. Now over the, oh well, this should be done on, a, on the track if possible. Uh, I really like these being done on the track. I think just the surface and the atmosphere being on the, the tartan surface is like a really, uh, to me, it's like an exciting thing. And it's often the first time they're on the track after a long marathon build. So it, 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 it's more of an environmental sort of um, lift, a bit of a buzz around that. Or if you have to on an oval, because you can mark out your 100 and 200 splits, because I don't want this all out sprinting. I don't want it at 800 meter effort or pace. So with 100 and 200 splits, you can, you can have a quick squeeze down and see how you are for your pace. Um, at multiple points through the rep. Uh, I want this done most of the time in flats or spikes. It may, for some people, it might be spikes just for the last set. So the last batch of, of five, uh, I think we, we, we don't introduce that calf type loading, that low stack shoe early enough in the season. And then when we get to sort of track races later on in the season, we we find that the, the calves can't handle it. Even with the new spikes, um, it's still important, I think, to put them on earlier in the season and expose yourself to, to that type of extra loading through the foot and the ankle. Um, if done in a group, which we often love doing this workout in a group, we'll handicap it because the, the rest is all walking. Uh, everyone starts and finishes at the same spot. So within the group, what we'll do is we'll, we'll send off the athletes that might take 55 seconds first and then a couple of seconds later, a couple of 53-second runners will go off and then we'll, we'll sort of if there's a 50-second runner in the group, then they'll, they'll spot the, the others 50 seconds and so they've got something to chase down and it turns into a little bit more of a, a game, a bit of fun, and then you can see what happens throughout the workout and how how different athletes are um, pacing themselves and, and able to out, outlast the others. So that's, um, oh yeah, the other way we do it too is if someone's not up to running three, 300s, what we do is we, we have them run 200s and the 200, they, they actually pace the 300 runners and then they get a little bit extra recovery uh, and they can they don't need to walk as much so they can jog back to the start line so they can help the group out and everyone like this is what really fosters group environment group atmosphere i used to love doing this session through winter with the cross country like with the geelong guys for cross country because you'll get half the team out there and you you, you bond this is the stuff that you start bonding in sunday long runs 
hard workouts. You get to warm up, cool down. You take the piss. Everyone messes around. But then once you start the workout, like it's 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 work time. And yeah, throughout the season, this type of workout, you can continue with it. You can progress the pace as you get more conditioned and you you get more of this faster work in. You will find those paces um, a lot more gentle. So you can start increasing the pace of the workout. And you can also increase the distance. So that three by five by three might turn into um, 400 meter repeats. Uh, like as you get fitter, you can handle a little bit more um, stress and, and duration of the interval. So yeah, that's that's the workout. I reckon you've done this, Brady. I reckon I've given you this one before. Yep. Yeah, that's a good one. And I agree with your statement about trying to do it on a track because it's a pace you're running where you don't want to worry about dogs on leads or cars on the side of the road. or like You want to just concentrate just on that pace. Although it's not all out, it's still a pretty fast pace. And biomechanically, you've got to be tuned into to running with good form. Um, yep. You don't often get that when you're on a bike track or, yeah, on the side of it the t- road and stuff like that. It also teaches you on the track about what a 200 feels like and mm. what it looks like. So you, you can you get to the 200 mark and you're like, all right, I know what this is now. Just like in a race, if, if you told me you had 200 meters left of a K rep on the road, I, I don't really know what that feels like. But if you can see the finish point around the corner and you do it so many times, you, you get this intuitive feel for the track and how much you can give and how long it takes and what that back straight feels like. I think it is part of just practicing being a track runner. Yeah, and don't like people see this stuff and think, oh, that's not for me because I'm training for the longer distances. Like this is a mm. big part of like training and working different systems. And um, yeah, I just typed it into my Strava. Then I've probably done. I think you gave me two by six, so twelve in total. Maybe the first time I've done two by seven before. Not sure I've done. Yeah. Yeah. So like, there's different ways. It to doesn't do really it. matter to be honest how many you do. Yeah. Maybe I only give two by five at the start. It's. I think. I think that's on the the high end of it. That's on the high end of how many you would want to do. But um, it it doesn't matter that much. It just matters that you're out there running that pace. But the the important thing here is as distance runners, I see everyone trying to shorten their recoveries all the time. Oh, I'm going to do this, but then I'm going to float the rep instead of jogging or standing. Mm -hmm. Or I'm going to like, it it was too much recovery for me. So I, I, I shortened it. I only went off a minute. Like you don't, it's not about that. This the purpose of the session isn't that. So why are you feeling like it's um, like the rest is is a soft way out? It's, yeah. it, it doesn't. Which work Which is like the point it. I'm making. Like people think this is this isn't for them because it's too easy or too short. So they've got to make it harder or longer. Um, you don't. It's a great workout. It's an enjoyable workout as well. Not a new like yeah like that neuromuscular fatigue for people that haven't done this sort of stuff like that really creeps up on you and that's where if you start to shorten the recoveries that neuromuscular fatigue really takes hold and your form drops away and, that, and that's when you're likely to get injured. So you do need yeah. to take you do need to take decent recovery and yeah initially probably yeah just like the two sets of 5 as you said as opposed to 3 because it does yeah, it does catch up on you if you haven't done this stuff ever or if you haven't done it for a long time. Yeah. You'll be sore the next day after this one. Yep. And you're helping each other if you're doing this in a group not racing each other. No, nah, not racing. Like the handicap stuff is, it's not a race, even though the the idea is just that you finish all at once. Mm, yep. 
good one. Same moves though. This session, like maybe two sets of five, like a lot of experienced runners would do something similar but closer to 1500 meter pace in season. Yeah, yeah, they probably would. Yeah, they, they probably would. And I, most of the time, our guys would 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 do this at 1500 meter pace, even though they're supposed to go at 3k pace. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> they have a hard time distinguishing between the two and yeah. and at that sort of pace if you're not in tune with it you just go hard you're like oh it's a 300 i go hard mm. um even though i don't really want that from you but it's just difficult to be able to find the difference between 15 and 3k yeah. type effort and, th- and 3k I, I definitely feel like you can get through that without getting quite as much of that um yeah neuromuscular fatigue because it is it is definitely a, a cold like 3k pace over 300 meters is significantly easier than 1500 to the point of like how much force you're putting through um you know there's really not a lot of lactic being accumulated at that sort of pace over that sort of short period of time Nah, but if you're coming off a marathon sort of build and you've gone through a taper and you probably haven't done any sort of speed work for a long time that's why in an introduction i don't want you going at 1500 pace Oh, I agree. I agree. I think this is a great, like, starting point is 3K pace. But I was just sort of saying that traditionally, like, this sort of session, you'd see a lot of people who are experienced and in season doing this at 1500 metre pace. Yeah. But it's not the place, it's not the place to start at. (laughs) No, yeah, that's right. You've got to give yourself some room. You've got to, you need some room to move, don't you? You can't be at your ceiling, like, early in a program. Yeah. Like I remember last winter going to the track and I did something similar actually. I did uh, maybe I was doing like two sets of eight three hundreds, and like I was running them in 40, uh, 46 to forty eight. And I remember after the first set, and like I was I was pretty fit aerobically at the time, but my legs were pretty cooked at that pace. And that was like yeah, probably closer to fifteen hundred meter pace. Um, yeah. So and it, you know, even though I was fit, like I wasn't fifteen hundred meter race pace fit. So it caught up with me. Beauty boys, well done Moose. Thanks again to this week's training talk partner Lululemon. Their new run range is designed with lightweight fabrics, thoughtful features like key size zipper pockets and mesh panelling to keep you running whatever the weather. Visit lululemon.com.au Bring it home Moose on the Loose, purchase the week, rules of Strava. Well I haven't uh, I haven't bought a lot lately, um, especially not running stuff. Oh, I've seen these new tights we got in store, boys. You know the Aero Swift half tights. You probably don't have a pair because you won't have bought gear in it's, the last it's seven come years. Come up on how long long run yesterday, actually. The new half tights from Nike. Oh yeah, they're very good. I mean, if you haven't seen them, they've got pockets in the back. You can take all your gels now yeah, on the long run. Four gels. Mm. Yeah, you can get them in there, and then they've, there's also internal gel pockets. This is what so we're you gonna can... need for Valencia croaks. What no... colours you got, Moose? Got purple for you, mate. Just a, <laughs> just a beautiful purple. Go go with my on cloud monster. They're purple. Yeah, they might. You got but black that, ones? Uh, they're coming. No, I might even have a black one now. I can't let remember. Us, let us know when you got some black ones. I'll buy a pair <laughs> off you. No way will Croaks buy a pair off you. No, I will. No. no, I will. He will not buy a pair off you. I will. I'm looking right now if I've got them. Let's see. All right. You might come into it. Anyway, um, they've got them in a pant now. And so the bottom half, like your whole shin, is the Aeroswift tight material. And then as it comes up into the crutch area, it goes to almost like the Aeroswift, like split short material. Hey, so you so got like a best a half of, tight, oh, you mean? Not a best of, well, the half tight, the tights no, around full the shin. Tight, is that what you're saying? Yeah, it's a pant. 
So it's not like a full tight around your crutch. It's like a little bit of baggy, like low crutch Could area. Could you wear them to work as a PE teacher? Yeah, you. Oh. Oh, that's that's how you define things here. Look, you probably could. A lot of other males probably couldn't. Um, <laughs> well <yeah>. done. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about that. That that might become quite um, frowned upon by the principal. But um, I like them. I'm going to start. I'm going to get a pair. I haven't bought anything for myself for running in a long time, so I'm going to get a pair. Have they got double Nike tick on both legs? I'm just Googling it now, and I'm not sure if this is last year's model or this year's model. Double Nike tick? Like, is there a tick on both legs? Uh, I, I don't know. don't know. Gee. Anyway, good one. Yeah, buy yourself a pair of those. Yeah, I can't wait. All right. Also, if you want to buy something, buy, buy a ticket for someone who moves to our live show. Give it to someone as a guest. Oh, yeah, okay. Random, uh, you know, act of kindness. Live show. Who wants the spot? How many spots we got left? Not many. We reckon we're about 70% capacity, 75% capacity. My mate Crammer's bought a ticket yesterday, actually. He was asking me if tickets were still available. I said, yep, get on there, buy one. He'll be there in the audience. Um, so That'd be fun, won't it? Yeah, got our guests good. lined up? Uh, yeah, we need to see some starlists. We need to see some of these names that Croaks is talking about, potentially pacing, see who's in the, in the race first. What about this marathon? Yeah, there's a marathon going quick. I reckon she could be the one. Mm. I wonder. Um, I wonder if guys like Jack Rayner, Brett Robinson, come back, or do they stay over there? It's going to be question. interesting. Uh, Rose Davies, Izzy Bat Doyle. Do we see them? They on the stay road? over. They I stay. Over. They stay over. Mm. It's a long way to come back for only one potential race. Hey. Yeah. Anyway, so that's coming up. So live tickets to the live show. We do the show live. Um, they're in our link on bio on our socials. Wherever we are active, you'll be able to find that link to buy a ticket to that one. And then the other bit of news of what's coming up, boys, click on that link I just put in the oh, agenda yeah. there. Yeah. The pre-classic. I'm not sure how long this has been out for, these start lists, because I haven't seen anything. I reckon it's pretty fresh. This is incredible. So on Friday, they've got Friday, May 27th. It's Friday. They've got the world record attempts night. So they've got a women's two mile, a men's a women's five k, where our mate G'day's running croak. She's going to go for the world record there, and then a men's five k where Chepty guy is going to try and break the world record. And they got full deep fields. Like the women's two mile has um, Safan Hassan. It's got Francine Neon Saba. It's got Caster Semenya is back on a start list at a Diamond League. Um, they're probably the three headliners there. Or Beatrice Chubet. That's that's legit. The women's five k is legit. Obviously, with G'day there, and oh, work who's good. Yego's good. Uh, Gatiri, Winnie Chibet, we just spoke about her earlier in the show. And then the men's five k. I can't work this out. So the men's five k world record attempt is on the Friday. Scroll down, and then there's the five k diamond league on the Saturday. And this has got Mo Ahmed. Aragawi, Borrega, Cholimo, Gabriel, Kipolimo, Brett Robinson, Ooh. Matthew Ramsden. Why are those blokes in the world record race? They don't want to chase it. Maybe there's like maybe there's cash for the Diamond League one, and there's yeah, not cash yeah. for the world record one. Is this odd though? This is very strange. It's odd. It is odd. I don't like it. Neither do I. Right, let the good boys this, go to. This isn't good. For, yeah, it's not good for the sport. This one. Race each other. 
Yep. Well, I'll tell yep. you what is I'll tell you what is good for the sport and this meet is the Bowman Mile. Oh my god. Centrowitz, Tim Chariot, Ollie Hall, Cole Hocker, Philip Ingebritson, Jakob Ingebritson, Abel Kipsang, Stewie McSwain, Clayton Murphy, Cooper Tier, Tafira. That like you're not gonna find a better field than that. Like that's a world championship final field there. Mm. Yeah, that is legit. <laughs> Hopefully everyone makes it to the um, to the start line. Well, it's this weekend, so hopefully you'd think they'd be pretty locked in, wouldn't you? Yeah. Uh, I wonder if Maybe Stewie runs. Stewie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We've had that convo, haven't we? Women's 1500, Jessica Hull, Faith Kip Yagon, uh, Laura Muir again. So that's going to be another race between those two. Gisette Norris is going to be in there. Alperia St. Prayer. She's uh, the American record holder, isn't she? Indoors over 15. She's good. There you go. She's good. Oh, Stafford as well. Yeah, this is whew, it's it's going to be a loaded uh, meet. I think it goes to two or three days. Women steeplechases there as well. I don't think we've got any Aussies in that, do we? Not, but some big names there. Um, yeah, that's something to look forward to over the weekend. You boys doing anything special between now and next week? Yeah, uh, we got a long weekend here next weekend. So we always have long weekends up there, Canberra. Yeah, we're going to head down the coast. I haven't seen my parents in. I don't think I've seen my parents since Christmas. So. Jeez. We're going down there for the weekend. What's the uh, vibe like around town with a new boss in town? You seen him, Alba? <laughs> no, I haven't seen him. Do you notice anything in the air and anything, Grace? Didn't you fly in this morning? I was at work. <laughs> You'd notice a different vibe, though, wouldn't you, this morning when you wake up? No, not really. Nothing. No, no. For overseas listeners, we changed prime ministers <sighs> yesterday. So, You're disappointed, uh, Brad? Bad, sad night for you? No. Sad night? No, I drove to a couple of polling centres actually on the Saturday and I just drove straight out when I saw that there was a line and I sent Viv a message saying, I might just cop the $55 fine for not voting. I don't really, like, it just does Come not on, interest man. me. It's a, it's a privilege to be able to vote in a democracy. I know, that, I know, I know that's what people say, but, you know, I didn't really care too much. Like, I don't feel like my life's changed too much as a result. There was a big uh, argument when I went to vote at the Moama one. Like, some people are like, I don't know what the conversation was about. I just got out of the car, went to walk in, and then some ladies just yelling like, don't vote for them, they're a bunch of pedophiles. And I'm just like, oh. Jesus, like, what's going on here? And then I'm just like, head down, just that, yeah, massive argument happening. Anyway. Are your, uh, your mate Archie not happy? He's, he, or did he get up the uh, Nationals? Nationals fella? held on in, in Achuka. Archie's, oh, in, Archie's so... in New South Wales. He's not even in that electorate. Though. He was He's just a pin-up boy. Yeah. So, uh, the um, yeah, the Bendigo was... Bats, are they like, is that a real, Bendigo, is that a thing? Bendigo is Labor. Bendigo's been Labor for years. It's mm. a strong Labor seat down there. I'm not Archie sure. Just, does Archie just go to town on the bus on the way in, just re- gets real political gets real about political. the Nationals' policies? I'm not just sure. Just loves the National I'm not sure party. what the official line from the Bendigo Vats, if they've got a political alignment or anything like that. You'd have to ask Andy Buchanan. But no, Archie does not get political at any that's the, stage. Well, that's the other thing I struggle with, the whole voting system, is if you live in a, you know, like Canberra, for example. Like Canberra is strong Labor. Like there's three seats in Canberra and they're all Labor. Your vote, in a way, like unless everybody changes, your vote doesn't really count, you know, like because if you live in one of those really, really strong yeah. Labor or Liberal seats, it's not going to it's not going to change. Yeah, ours, um, my one in New South Wales had been Liberal or Nationals for seventy five years. Yeah, so like, if you feel like your vote doesn't count quite as much, but they as, see the in those swing, marginal though, seats. I guess they see the swing, yeah, but yeah. Anyway, 
Anyway, that's too enough. Much that's enough. Politics. That's enough politics talk. <laughs> too much. Too many bad emails come in on our post-politic chats on this show. Yeah. Good luck for the weekend, Brady. Thanks, mate. Looking forward to seeing you down there, Moose. Couple of bats oh, yeah, versus yeah. a couple of Geelong oh, goldfish. Actually, yeah. How's the... I actually forgot. I've got. I'm going away this week. Um, How's the A team looking for Geelong? Give uh, you one, boys. Who you got? Who's your six? You reckon? Hard to know in an individual race. But who's 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 uh, going to be from? I've seen the team. I've seen the team. Um, it's not the strongest team I've ever seen on paper. Mende that way. Mende's in. Mende Gunther. In. Oh, two big dogs. Hutchy, what's Hutchy doing? Chucking on a singlet. No, it's Hutchy's birthday apparently, so he won't be running. Getting on the beach. Doesn't instead. go. Doesn't go. Don't doesn't race cross country on his birthday. Um. Yeah, no, I'll be there though. Do be there. Maybe sneak in. Be Do you there. reckon I'll get on the t-shirt if we win the championship? I sneak in Div Five. Isn't the rule that you got to score a point for the Div One team? Yeah, that's the, year? the rule. But I'm sure I can twist. Once we win Div One, we got I to win the depth's title an, first. Depth's an issue for you boys, Moose. You got yeah. a couple of couple of you know big dogs, and then it drops off after that. I'm gonna have trouble. We're gonna. We need to fill the Div Five. The Div Five team, though, they actually competed quite well. At, they won. They won their division. So yeah, that's good. Bra- depth. Brady, Brady, could you imagine if you were talking about the Bendigo Pats Div Five? Hey, you What yeah. What would Moose be saying? They're about not gonna be Div Five runners if they're in your Div One team, though. Your Div Five what, can, team gets hit bad. I can't do anything more than show you evidence that we have depth. They're one from one. <laughs> I mean, if they lost, sure, I'd take that argument. But they're they're winning. They're undefeated. You'll just jump oh, on so, that bandwagon. I'll just so chill out with they, the Div 5 they boys. Should be, they should be elevated to Div 1 then. Put them straight up. Put two teams in. Work, yeah. for, work for Brady. Well, well <laughs> Tim Crosby might he might call us during the week and say, hey, early upgrade. That's what we do these days. I reckon Mento Mavericks, they should be knocking on the door asking for an upgrade. But anyway, we're talking heaps of shit here, so let's end this show. See you, boys. Right. See ya. This episode of the Inside Running Podcast is brought to you by Pillar Performance, Australia's leading sports micronutrition brand. Head to pillarperformance.shop to learn more about their formulas and how they support recovery, elevate energy and relieve inflammation.